0: your number one source for election coverage and analysis.
1: This is Gerard at Large.
0: It is 19 minutes before the hour here on the Gerard at Large radio show. We continue now with Ward 3 Alderman and Chairman of the Board in Manchester, Patrick Long, and Timothy Baines, his challenger. The election's two weeks from tomorrow, and they are vying to represent the city's downtown Ward 3 The heart and soul of the city. This segment brought to us by Manchester Mayor Ted Gatsis. He says that Manchester is undergoing a renaissance and has crafted a blueprint to harness that energy. The top items on the Mayor's 12 plan are taxes and spending, tackling the opioid epidemic, safer streets and neighborhoods, paving the future, and better schools. Learn more about the Mayor's plan at tedgatzes.com/slash-plan. That's tedgatzis.com. Slash plan. All right, we, uh, we cut to the break a little quick in the last segment. Alderman Long uh, wanted to respond to uh, uh, Tim Baines's uh, points on what the unions told him about being uh, open and honest and negotiating a good faith. So, Pat, we'll let you pick up. Um, well, like I, I agree
2: with Mr. Baines that negotiated contracts, I would consider. However, the uh, Professional Police Association's contract wasn't negotiated. So I'm wondering if he would have voted for that uh, not being negotiated.
1: They tell me otherwise, so it's really not a question for me to get involved with. I mean, I'm not going to get into a back and forth between what you say and what they say. Um, We're just going to have to leave it at that. Well, let me let me just answer. No, it's actually it is an answer. I'm saying that they told me something completely different than you're saying. Okay, so and it's not up to me to decipher what your conversation looked like because I have no clue so but i 'm going to negotiate in good faith well, if you and watched be fair, the public meeting you 'd have a clue uh, these conversations weren 't going on in a public meeting uh, the, the
2: vote was in a public meeting.
1: the vote was in a public meeting, but not and the, i didn 't have a conversation with the police
2: Association prior to the vote coming to the board so i 'm saying it wasn 't negotiated
0: yeah my, my under, fair enough i 'm going to throw this out there for what it 's worth, but my understanding, and I think this was discussed in a public meeting, correct me if i 'm wrong. Um, and I think it 's important that we put this out here, so we understand sort of the terms of engagement is that there was uh, a negotiation ongoing with the police patrolmans association, but for some reason, and it was almost like I think the what I heard was that the negotiator told them you know if, if they can get you know ten votes, then go for it kind of thing that uh, rather than come forward with what had been negotiated at the table, they came forward with what they wanted and went directly to a number of aldermen and got the votes necessary to pass it. So right. what was negotiated was different than what came to the board or what the union brought to the board on its own.
2: Right. Uh, uh, well, there's there's three aldermen that sit on the negotiation team, yeah. and uh, that's aldermen uh, Sapienza, Hirschman, and myself. Yeah. Uh, that was never brought to us.
0: That was So, so what, what they I, brought to the board was never brought to the committee. That's correct. So under those circumstances, and we'll accept it as, as, as true for the purposes of the discussion, if that's true— does Alderman Baines vote for something that didn't run around the
1: negotiations command? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with that. It's not true and I'm not going to get into it. All right. Well, I guess we'll, we'll move on then. Um,
0: let's talk about the growth of the downtown and some of the challenges that has uh, played. We, we have a number of commercial spaces that have been renovated for residential use. Uh, we have the demands that's placed on parking. We have hotel developments proposed for central street and the Bedford parking lot uh, and we know about the park and crunch in the mill yard. Um, what does the city need to do, in your opinion, to continue to facilitate this growth to make sure it doesn't get uh, doesn't get strangled? That's yeah, uh, sure. true. Uh,
2: well, the city need, the city needs to continue to listen to the entities uh, that are coming forward with wanting to develop these properties, which I do. Elm Grove right now I'm in conversations with on helping them in reducing making this uh, the old Ted Herbert's. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, facility, making that affordable to them to put in the 31 to 36 uh, units mm-hmm. uh, downtown. I think it's important that we continually develop residential units downtown. I think it's important that we uh, uh, that we work with these businesses to do that. And, and I do that. Actually, I'm going to a planning board meeting on a second to help them facilitate that. Um, one of them is the uh, Ninety-five thousand dollars for school impact. Uh, these are one-bedroom apartments. Mm-hmm. They're not looking to not pay any impact, but they're looking to reduce some of that, and I'm certainly in favor of that.
1: Uh, Tim, it's exciting times in in downtown. I, uh, I spoke with Newton Kershaw um, a couple nights ago uh, with Elm Grove, and certainly excited to see um uh, that property uh become housing and, and and a restaurant space as well and it's all ob- it's definitely exciting with um what liz uh hitchcock and gray Chenowith are doing to restore the uh the rex theater um we do have parking concerns uh, i think we're going to have parking concerns um for a while i mean I've, I've heard of uh a few potential uh locations for uh parking garages um and And, and that 's great, you know, but it really comes down to I feel that the board has made some decisions that have uh have crippled parking and, and traffic flow um, to an already troublesome issue
0: uh any specific uh, uh decisions that the board has made on those that you take issue with well, we actually with the
1: we oh, went we'll through on the, that one so, we went through them in the first segment right. uh street closures and and losing fifty spots and fifty spots is valuable to the downtown fifty spots is valuable it sure is well um
0: let me let me um let me kind of uh, pivot here and and ask a question about uh it seems to me that every time we have a redevelopment project that comes forward now it's automatic that we get what's called the 79 e which allows people to pay property taxes for up to five years on the unimproved value of the space we talk about lightening the burden of regulations so that people can uh more affordably renovate or build uh it seems to me being the charter member of dot com. that every time I hear folks talk about trying to spur development, the development they're talking about lowering taxes and lowering regulations. So if that's the case, um, how do you address the overall uh, tax burden of the city of Manchester and the regulatory scheme that for some time has had people complaining? Who wants to grab that one first?
2: Well, it's a, I, I weigh in on a public benefit now we have fine dining i remember uh four i believe it was four or five years ago the manchester development corporation which i'm a member of that board um had a campaign on fine dining uh the best fine dining north of uh north of boston uh which was very successful um i we we have fine dining in manchester what we need to bring in is uh more retail uh we have the arts that are showing up uh just Within the last year, three new art studios has, have opened up. You know, people enjoy going out to eat. After they go out to eat, they would enjoy uh, sitting in the arts, going to the palace. Uh, so I would hope I would have that, have had something to do with the development of downtown. I mean, it's easy to have not been making decisions but to say, um, I'm going to do everything that the alderman's currently doing. Uh, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, so... I agree, Rich. It's a probably a little distasteful to you that Elm Grove is looking to decrease their uh, school impact fee. But the bottom line is I weigh in what is the impact. Now, they're not looking to get rid of it, which I think they should be looking to get rid of it. Because this is these are one-bedroom apartments. I don't think families are going to be moving in here. I don't think we're going to have children going to the school here. No, probably not. And by the way, why would getting
0: rid of fees be distasteful to so, me?
2: No, Well so the goal is you know so the goal is to uh, get more residential downtown and uh, I've been very successful in helping that come
0: All right we'll toss it over to Tim for an answer to that question. Uh,
1: you know that that's a subject matter that, that Pat knows a little bit more about than me The only thing that I would worry about is precedent what type of precedent are we set uh, are we setting uh, when we make these gotcha. deals?
0: Let, let's uh, let's turn to the uh, to the opioid crisis. Uh, Tim, I'll start with you. What is the city not doing that you think it should do? Um, mayor Gattis? actually, before I get to the opioid crisis, you know, taking a look at what's happening downtown. I mean, I think we can all agree that in the last several years, there really has been a rebound in the downtown. And, you know, uh, Ted Gattis has been mayor for eight years now. Uh, There were mayors before him. And and a lot of this effort really can find its roots back in the 90s under Mayor Wazork when some fundamental changes were made and and everything from zoning to planning and even the whole redesign of Elm Street, which just got repaved. Does Ted Gatzis deserve credit for any of what's happening downtown? Because he certainly seems to be receiving a whole lot of blame uh, from people who would succeed him in office for everything that's not going right in the city.
1: I mean, I'm going to say that Ted Gatsis loves Manchester and Joyce Craig loves Manchester, and I think they both have uh, different avenues as to, you know, how we continue the progress. For sure, he deserves uh, some credit. I agree with, um, you know, your comments about Ray Wazork. Um I remember the, the marriage race between Ray Wazorik and my father. The the biggest issue was the Civic Center, and uh, the Civic Center really was the start um of the rebound. Um, and, and then I'm proud of some of the work that my father did when, you know, bringing the baseball to Manchester, um, sort, but it, it started there. Um, I think if you ask my father, he'd, uh, he'd say he was on the wrong side of that issue, during, uh, <laughs> during, dur- during that debate. Um, but we are, it's, it's really promising what we're seeing. And I think we are on the verge of, of hopefully seeing retail, um, I think we want to get into the opioid crisis. Is that well, what we're doing? We'll we're going to right we're, we're okay. gonna, we're
0: gonna go to that right after this. Okay. So I want to give chance, uh, Pat a chance to answer that question, and then we'll go on to the opioid crisis. Pat.
2: So the legislative body in Manchester is made up of the board of mayor and aldermen. So I think the board of mayor and aldermen deserves credit for the uh, momentum that has been happening. Uh, and I think everybody deserves the credit. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not deserving of one or deserving of a, you know, an alderman. It's deserving of the automatic board as a whole.
0: Gotcha. All right. So let's move on to the opioid crisis. It's something that has bedeviled the city for the last three years or so. Uh, I don't think anybody saw it coming when it hit. It hit hard. It hit fast. And uh, the city's taken steps that have caused it to be nationally recognized as sort of an innovator in in addressing this. Um, I'll start with you, Tim. What is the city not doing well or not doing uh, that you think it should be doing better or should be doing, or do you generally think the uh, the efforts of, of of the city to this point have been uh, i 'll say praiseworthy under adverse circumstances
1: sure it 's a tricky issue we can all acknowledge that i 'm um, pretty sure everybody running for office it's it 's near the top of of the priorities. Um, we had a community meeting where we brought everyone together um, the mayor aldermen um, business leaders um, And there was about 400-plus people that attended um, this meeting at the Radisson. I think it was July of 2015. And uh, there was a question-and-answer format where members of the community got up and and spoke about how the opioid crisis had affected their families. I covered that life. You did and um, I remember you know the give and take and and and, and the mayor leading the charge during that um, event and leaving with a uh, a little bit more knowledge on the issue um, and and really feeling fired up to, to make a difference or whatever difference. I could make and, and as a business owner um, I've seen it firsthand I've seen it firsthand uh, with employees um, I've seen the struggles I've seen the bounce backs uh, I've seen the overdoses right outside the restaurant I've seen the drug needles um, I think we can be doing more I think we need to bring the community together again in a similar fashion um, to update I think that we need to educate the public on the available resources that are there um, we do need more rehabilitation Um, facilities. Um, But there are, you know, programs out there. Uh, I believe there's eight different classes uh, today, you know, at the recovery center that I just don't think that we've done a good enough job of getting the word out there as the resources that are available. Um, And that's certainly something I would uh, be very passionate about um, in helping to turn the corner, even though um, I certainly don't have all the answers.
0: Uh, uh, Pat, to you, I mean, you've been as involved in this um, issue as Almost anybody, with the possible exception of the mayor. Um, What what say you about the city's efforts, and where do you think they're falling short, or they need to they need to be different?
2: Well, we could all agree that this is a national issue. So Manchester is not unique to this to this issue. Uh, I work daily on on uh, looking for answers to some of these questions. I talk with uh, resources, uh, people that are in the industry, to nonprofits, even to for profits. I talk to government. Uh, with respect to what initiatives they are putting forward, uh, and what I could say, two years ago, I remember that meeting. I was at that meeting, and uh, two years ago, there was conversations on there were conversations on people not understanding this the substance use disorder. If you know, people were saying that if they if they put needles in their arms, then they ought to die. That was the conversations that w- that was being said two years ago. I think we've come a long ways. Everybody and anyone with a substance use disorder today can get treatment. Everybody can get treatment. I think now we need to focus more on recovery, which Mr. Baines has said, uh, and also, uh, more importantly, is prevention. Uh, Primarily, uh, the children, uh, the students, the children in our community that are uh, being traumatized by this you know, the, the children that are sitting tied in their back seats that the parent has passed out in the front. You know, then we're going to wonder why this six or seven years old, 10 years from now, is at 16 and 17, uh, is at a higher risk of abusing. Right. Uh, we already know that. The data already proves that. So I, th- I, I think as far as treatment goes, everybody could get treatment in the city of Manchester. Um, I think we need to concentrate. Safe stations are certainly showing that. No, no, for sure. And and another number that blows me away is the 30% of repeats. That's very low in this industry. To to have 30% repeats, you know, know, the recovery industry is about planting a seed. People don't get it right away. Some will, majority won't. But eventually they do. So it's a matter of planting a seed. Manchester is doing well, I believe, with respect to this. And we need to concentrate on recovery and uh prevention
0: all right i I would love to continue this uh conversation but we are up against the clock so i'm going to give uh, each of you the opportunity to um i guess make a closing statement of sorts a closing appeal to the audience here and i will let whichever of you would like to go first go first
2: you want me to go first? Of course sure. you do. <laughs> I'll go first. Sure. Well, he, uh, well first gave, of all, he gave thank the first you. opening. Thank you, here, so. thank you, Rich. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, I want to thank you for uh, for having this uh, having this forum. Oh, glad to do uh, it. One of the, one something that wasn't brought up today, uh, and in my mind, when you're elected public office, um, it's the public trust that is of the utmost importance here. Um, I, I I always hold in high regard. The fact that the people are giving me their public trust, and I would never circumvent that public trust. Um, I've, my history shows how important it is that residents of Ward 3 have a voice, whether it's through their neighborhood or whether it's individually. Ward 3 residents have a voice, and I've been very successful in bringing that. I've been able to deliver for my residents. Uh, Ward 3 is bigger than downtown. Not only is there downtown, but there's also a mill yard, and there's also businesses east of the downtown. And then there's the residents, residential areas, which do include downtown. That is primarily my focus. Um, So the issue I have uh, with respect to public trust is uh, signs in, in the public. I would never think of putting a sign in the public. I respect the will of the public to not have signs on public property.
0: Gotcha. Thank you. All right. So, Tim, your, your, closing, uh, your closing remarks.
1: Sure. Uh, you know, running for alderman uh, in Ward 3 has been, uh, you know, an amazing experience. Obviously, 15 days left. And, and one of the things I really wanted to focus on uh, was seeing things from the perspective um, of other eyes. And, and you know, immediately uh, wanted to do a ride along uh, with the Manchester police to see the neighborhoods. And, and, like the alderman said, Ward 3 is much larger than downtown. But to see the neighborhoods, understand the concerns, see things through a different lens and that's obviously you know what i'm looking to do with my visits to the schools uh fire um and talking to people in the business community i think it's really important to be uh, giving everybody a voice and being able to see and understand things from everyone's perspective in this town and um, i look forward to earning the votes of the of the voters in ward three over the next couple weeks
0: all right well folks it does come to a screeching halt on tuesday november 7th which is two weeks from tomorrow tim Baines, challenger to Alderman Pat Long in Ward Three, thank you for being with us. Pat, is always, good to have you in the house. Thank you. We uh, have no time to take any breaks, so what we're going to do is just tell you we do this one all over again tomorrow with Barbara Shaw and Jim Burkish, who are running for Alderman in Ward Nine plus Public Safety this week, Community Connections, and oh, so much more. For the entire team here at Trout at Large, I am your ever humble host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. Until tomorrow, be good, be well. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. We're proud to have in the audience. Thanks for being there. Please remember our sponsors. Give them the first opportunity to earn your business and let them know you heard about them on Drug Large. It matters. Be good, everyone.